Today on The Exam Room. We did a migraine research study here. We brought in people suffering with migraines day after day. And I will never forget, one of the very first participants was a law student. And she was in law school here in D.C. And she came in and said, I can't study. I can't focus. Some days I can't go to class because I've been up all night with a migraine. She changed her diet. She identified her triggers in exactly the way that we described. Totally migraine-free, never had another migraine, and then entered her legal career feeling like she had power she just never anticipated before. So I'm saying this because I don't want people to be modest, thinking, oh, foods will do a little bit. Foods will change your life. Chuck, you've seen it. I've seen it. I just want to make sure that everybody knows they can put that to work. Welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for raising your health IQ with us coast to coast and around the world in great cities like Tampa, Florida, Arveda, Colorado, and Shenzhen, China. Wherever you are, we appreciate you helping to make the world a healthier place. This is episode seven of season seven, number 506 overall. So let's get into it. Pounding, throbbing, right between the eyes, splintering pain from migraines to the day-to-day. We are talking headaches and dialing up relief on the exam room because headaches are something that we all get from time to time and they can be major disruptors, the kind of thing that can turn a good day sour in a flash. And whether it's a crippling migraine or just an ordinary tension headache, Nobody wants them. Nobody needs them. And today we are on the hunt for some natural Tylenol, so to speak, with Dr. Neil Barnard. He joined me this week on the Exam Room Live. So here is what is coming your way. We are going to learn to understand the difference between tension headaches and migraine headaches and how dairy can increase the risk of suffering a migraine, how to identify foods that may trigger headaches for you, and then we're also going to talk a little bit about the headaches that you can get from drinking a little bit too much alcohol. Hello Friday, hello Saturday night, we've all been there too, and then sweet relief, foods that can relieve headaches, and then some that can even prevent a headache in the first place, why ginger could be a great option, and hydrating foods that may also help in a pinch. And then in the Power Foods Focus with Dr. Barnard, we're going to be talking about why the humble blueberry could turn out to be the undisputed headache-fighting champion of the world. So that is all coming your way. Some sweet relief with Dr. Barnard right now on The Exam Room. Good to see you, sir. Good to see you, Chuck. How's your head feeling? Do you have a headache yet? (laughs) My head's okay today, and I'm glad to be talking about this topic because it's one that troubles a whole lot of people. I'm telling you, it really does. Um, First, let's start by talking about what the difference is between the migraine headache that we hear people talk about. They're often called sufferers. And then the day-to-day headaches that virtually everyone gets. What's the difference between the two? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that because it's it's confusing for a lot of folks. Um, A typical headache that a person may have is is a tension headache. It's because we're tense, we're under stress. And that causes us to to tense up not just 
our shoulders and our arms and our muscles everywhere, but the tiny little muscles in the head can tense up. When they do that, they cut off the blood supply a little bit and you get a headache as a result of that. It's really muscular in origin. And the way you can tell the difference between that and a migraine is not just severity, because sometimes a tension headache can be pretty severe. Migraines usually are really severe, but migraines pulsate. Um, it's sort of that jackhammer going into your head over and over and over again. It's, it's pulsatile. Also, along with it is you feel sick. You feel nauseated. You may actually vomit, and it's not quick. You can have a tension headache for a half hour or an hour or a couple hours. But with a migraine, it's hours. It's overnight. It can go into the next day. So uh, a migraine headache is 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 different in quality as well as in uh, the the intensity compared to a tension headache. Um, dehydration in terms of headaches as well. I'm sure anybody who's ever experienced a little bit too much of a Friday or Saturday night has woken up with a headache the next day. A lot of people chalk that up to dehydration in addition to the liquid libation that they had a few hours earlier. Uh, what role does dehydration play in terms of headaches, Dr. Barnard? Well, dehydration can be a part of it. Also, hunger can play a part of it. But the headache that you just described, the one that comes after a person has, shall we say, overdone it, really has a particular cause that when a person drinks alcohol, the alcohol makes them feel great for a while. And then your liver takes the alcohol molecule and it rearranges it into what's called an aldehyde, as in Dr. Jekyll and aldehyde. And the aldehydes <laughs> get into your bloodstream and they cause you to feel crummy all the way around. And they can contribute to the headache phenomenon too. They also, by the way, they also contribute to um, a sleeplessness. A person gets lulled into sleep by that glass of red wine. It's 10 o'clock and you're feeling wonderful. And then at three in the morning, you're suddenly awake. Why is that? Because the aldehydes that came out of your liver are waking you up now. They're stimulant. All right. Let's address this question. How big of a role could diet play in terms of whether or not somebody is suffering from a headache, whether it be that migraine or the typical day-to-day -day ones that we've been talking about as well? With migraine, the effect can really be huge. And this has been known for quite a while, but I think the extent of it is something that we're only recently coming to appreciate. People used to say, well, aged foods or some fermented foods might contribute or maybe red wine. But what we've learned is that a lot more foods than that can contribute to it. And one of the classics is dairy products, particularly the protein that's in the dairy. So a sensitive person will be hit not just by, say, um, whole milk, but by even the healthy, seeming, organic, skim or non-fat milk. That'll be just as bad. And I had a patient... Uh, a number of years ago, who really taught me this dramatically, that she had migraine headaches and she asked me for medications. And medications ha have a role, let me be clear. But when you discover that foods can be the trigger and you identify it and you avoid it, you do great. And so in her case, it was dairy. And so she avoided, I, I suggested that she avoid dairy. She did that. No more migraines, zero, just didn't have them at all. But then she called me up one day and said, I got to tell you, I got some confirmation. She'd had just a little bit of completely non-fat dairy trigger the headaches again. And that's something that we see a lot. So the, the beauty of it is once you find your trigger, you've got some, some information that can just really eliminate the migraines uh, 
for many people just permanently. All right, let's get a little bit nerdy here. Uh, put you on the spot. Is there a particular protein perhaps in the dairy that is uh, known to, to cause these headaches? Or is it just a natural allergic reaction in the body to a lot of things that might be in there? Okay, um, those are both actually kind of the same thing. Because when we're responding allergically, it's typically to a protein that we are responding. And in dairy products, there are two classes of proteins. There are the casein proteins and there are the whey proteins. The whey is, uh, proteins are the ones that are soluble in water and, and will um, drain out uh, in the process of making cheese. They, they get rid of all the whey, which is this watery fluid with lactose sugar. The whey proteins go with that. The casein remains. Um, and both have effects. And, and the way to decide if this is you, it's really pretty simple. There are certain foods that really never cause migraines, things like brown rice, green vegetables, uh, fruits if they're well cooked. So take about two weeks of your life and eat a lot of those things, um, the things that I call pain-safe foods, and eliminate all the common triggers. Dairy products, chocolate, eggs, citrus fruits for some people can trigger migraines, uh, wheat, meat, nuts, tomatoes, onions, corn, apples, bananas. These are for some people, migraine triggers. Now, an apple or a banana, healthy food, but they're rare triggers. And if they trigger your migraines, you leave them aside. So a couple of weeks go by, hopefully you haven't had a migraine at all. And now we're going to do our detective work. You start at the bottom of this list and you add those foods back one at a time every 48 hours. So I mentioned bananas as my last food. So bring in bananas. And the question is, are bananas a trigger? To find out, have four, five bananas today. Really push it and see if it triggers a migraine. If it doesn't, keep the bananas, you're fine. Then go to the next food, apples. Have two or three apples today. If that doesn't trigger it, keep them. So every two days, we're adding a new food. Let's say I get up to citrus fruits and I have a grapefruit, and I get a splitting headache, and now I got a migraine. You just learn something. Take them out, cool down again, and, and leave the, the trigger food out. And you just go back through the list. As you bring these foods back, leave the meat out permanently, leave the eggs out permanently, leave the dairy out permanently. Yes, they are migraine triggers, but they also trigger all kinds of other health issues, and you don't want them in your diet. So when people do this, um, it takes, as, as I said, it takes a couple of weeks, but if you do this, if you do this correctly, you do it only once in your life and you've learned a lot. And in the process, people also discover that these same kind of foods can sometimes trigger digestive issues that go away when you eliminate those foods or joint pain, rheumatoid arthritis. When you eliminate the same foods, you bring them back in, find your triggers, get the triggers out, and then you, your detective work will pay off hugely. I'm going to go back to dairy for just a minute. And I'm wondering, because you also mentioned cheese, and as you've explained on the show previously, cheese is really about as concentrated of a dairy source as you could possibly get. Does that then make it more likely to be a migraine contributor than, say, just drinking a glass of milk? You said it, Chuck. Yes. Now, it used to be that people thought the aged cheeses were the worst, but you can have one that is not aged at all. And just as you said, when you make milk into cheese, what do you do? You take away the, the, the whey, which is the liquid part with the whey protein and the lactose in it. You're in the process, you're concentrating the protein and the fat. 
So it gives you this big zing of potentially allergenic proteins. And so cheese for a lot of people is their, is their trigger. All right. So we've been talking about the trigger foods, but Dory, as we open up the doctor's mailbag, is wondering, well, what foods then might be helpful? She's wondering what could actually help a person from a dietary perspective who is suffering from severe migraines. Are there any foods out there that we know are kind of nature's natural pain relief? Okay. Well, the number one job is to get one, you know, to, to set down the hammer. You know, the hammer, the hammer is whatever your trigger is. So you want to identify that for many people that that solves the issue. If you still have some, um, do, do focus on the pain safe foods that I mentioned, like rice, cooked vegetables, fruits, if they are cooked, you don't want to have all cooked fruits forever. But during this test, you want to do that. And then researchers have looked at certain foods that seem to actually have an anti-migraine effect. There are two things I might mention. One is ginger uh, in regular fresh ginger or used as ginger ale or even powdered ginger. Some people find that it has a benefit. And the other is really more an herbal supplement than it is a food, but it's called fever few. As in, if I take this, I will have fewer fevers. That's the sort of uh, uh, old fashioned medieval name for it. But fever few is something that you'll see at health food stores. And in some studies, it has proven effective as well. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even sure what to make of this next question. This one comes to us from Isabella. So you're talking about changing your diet. Well, Isabella's husband just did that. And says, matter of fact, my husband went vegan after Thanksgiving and is now getting headaches. His friend, though, said that it's a lack of animal fat that's causing the headaches and eating a hot dog will cure it. She says, my son and I have been vegan for two years and really want him to stay on this journey with us. Please help. So what would your advice be here? Can a hot dog actually cure a person's headache, Dr. Barnard? No, hot dogs are on the bad list. Um, now, one reason why a person might get headaches if they've become vegan is because after they're vegan, everybody is asking them annoying questions. Like, where do you get your protein? And gee, don't you, aren't you afraid you'll lose too much weight as a vegan? That's enough to give anybody a headache. But seriously, um, what could happen what you'll occasionally see is that when a person went vegan, they didn't just remove all of the bad stuff, the meat, but they're, they're starting to eat something new and really very different for them. So what I'd encourage a person to do, if, you've, if for some reason a diet change has caused headaches, what's new? Look through the foods that you're eating and see what's new and just take that out uh, temporarily and see if the migraines go away. Once they do, reintroduce that thing. For example, let's say since um, going vegan, let's say you've been having lots of citrus and you weren't a citrus consumer before. Now, citrus fruit is fine. It's healthy. There's nothing wrong with it. But for some people, it happens to be a migraine trigger. So take it out, cool down, and then bring it back later and see if it'll trigger the migraine. Uh, I, man, you know, let's riff off of this for a little bit. I want to focus in on this hot dog here. Hot dogs notoriously high in sodium. Sodium raises blood pressure. And I remember when I was overweight and had really high blood pressure, it was not uncommon whatsoever for me to have a headache. I'm wondering, is there a correlation between high blood pressure and headaches as well? Yes. Um, high blood pressure usually has no symptoms at all. But some people do have headaches with it, um, and that can be a bad sign. Obviously, if you've got a, partic a particularly intense head headache, especially if it's very sudden out of the blue, that's a really good time to, to call your doctor get to the emergency room. 
And uh, one more follow-up. We have an exam roomie right now in the chat who's just kind of banging the drum on this one. Uh, Wondering about hydrating foods if, in fact, your uh, headache does stem from a little bit of dehydration. Would it be uh, wise or advisable to turn to something like watermelon or an orange or something like that that has a high water content for a little bit of relief? Sure. That's fine. And the foods are, are naturally hydrating and there's nothing like a plain old glass of water as well. Um, so perfectly fine. Some people will hydrate with coffee. Coffee is a bit of a bit of a double-edged sword that, uh, for many people that caffeine will actually knock out their, their migraine. Um, it's usually got to be pretty good, stiff black coffee. Um, but the bad news is, and you probably guessed this, that over the long run, coffee drinkers tend to have more headaches than other people, particularly when they're in withdrawal. All right. Let's do the power foods focus now, uh, because this is something that also might be coming up in your book, particularly uh, the power foods diet, which hits store shelves in March. But the power foods focus is a new segment where we're going to focus in on one food that gets discussed in your forthcoming book. And in this case, we're going to be talking about the humble blueberry, Dr. Barnard, because I believe that if you search Dr. Google, uh, you will see some results that say blueberries can, in fact, help with a headache. Um, First of all, when it comes to blueberries and headaches, what do we know about that connection? Okay. In my view, I think the power of the blueberry is elsewhere. Now, the beauty of a blueberry is it doesn't really have the allergenic proteins in it. And when when you look at all the foods that tend to be really migraine safe, pain safe, you might say, blueberries and their cousins are all in that list. I'm talking about the strawberries and the raspberries tend to be really well tolerated. But the beauty of the blueberry goes way beyond that. Blueberries may be a power food for weight loss. A blueberry may be a power food for weight loss? Explain this one to us. What does it do? What makes the blueberry a power food, my friend? Okay. Um, Back in 2015, researchers at Harvard University started tracking people in the nurses' health study. I'm I'm sorry. They, They had started back in the 80s in this particular trial. And they tracked them through to 2010, analyzed the data, 2015, they reported the results. It was 130,000 people, nurses' health study, health professionals' follow-up study. What they did was they looked at which foods did people had people increased, and then what happened to their weight. And what they found is that there were certain foods that if people brought them into their diet in a big way, they tended to lose more weight. Beans were one, the legume group was one. Melons, citrus fruits, green leafy vegetables, especially the cruciferous vegetables. But the granddaddy of all of them, the very top of the weight loss list was berries, including blueberries. Now, why would that be? Well, what do you notice with a blueberry? It's blue. That blue color comes from anthocyanins, which are nature's paint box for lots of pigments. Um, uh, Strawberries get a red color from a related anthocyanin. Or even the the trees in October and November, when they're turning colors, those are different anthocyanins that make them yellow and red. But blueberries have this intense dose of anthocyanins that makes them deep purple. Uh, Grapes have the same, red grapes, uh, purple grapes. So 2017, British researchers did a study Uh, Using the UK Twins Registry, they had people genetically identical. Obviously, every twin pair is genetically identical. Everyone got a DEXA scan. 
And you go into a machine, you and Dr. Kaliova and our team does this here, where you track not just your weight, but where do you have your body fat uh, in your abdomen, in your thighs? Where is it? And what they discovered was amazing. With the women in each pair, the, 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 the twin who consumed the most anthocyanins had about 9% less abdominal fat compared to her genetically identical twin. Um, so why can it be? Oh, and it wasn't just, just the blueberries. It was anything rich in anthocyanins. So that's uh, raspberries, strawberries, even uh, some pears will have uh, little traces of anthocyanins. What we think is happening is beyond whatever the anthocyanins are doing for your appetite or your metabolism, berries just come in in a whole other way. They're high in fiber, which tackles your, your appetite really well and traps calories. So the, the fiber in a blueberry will sort of absorb like a sponge some of the calories in your digestive tract. So let's say a person had any kind of food, um, uh, some salad dressing or something like that. The fiber kind of picks that up and it carries it down the intestinal tract and you end up flushing it down the toilet literally before you could absorb it. So it's the blueberry, yes, it has anthocyanins. They seem to be a power ingredient, but just the fiber in them will do this. Plus the natural sugars in a blueberry have a heroically low glycemic index. What that means is they just don't spike your blood sugar. So your, your blood sugar just stays really nice and stable with it. And all this together is a really good, good uh, uh, set of attributes that cause them to be power foods for weight loss. Wow. And this goes for all kinds of blueberries, the regular blueberries, the organic blueberries, the wild blueberries that some, for some reason, are like $5 more a bunch. You know, all the blueberries across the board, you get these benefits from? Yeah, exactly. And by the way, I'm glad you mentioned that because th there are things that people should know. You mentioned organic. When you buy blueberries, buy organic. Um, and that, it, so glad you mentioned this, Chuck. The reason is the blueberry is a delicate little thing. And so when people are making non-organic blueberries, they're just trying to get them on the market, they use a fair amount of pesticides on the berry. Now, if there are pesticides on a banana, you peel it, you throw the peel away. You're not peeling your blueberries. So um, buying organic is a good idea. You mentioned frozen. Frozen blueberries, every bit as good as fresh. And, and I got to tell you, economic, convenient, uh, really, really handy. Uh, let me give you another tip or two, if you don't mind, Chuck. Sure. Um, when you get your blueberries, resist the, resist the urge to wash them. Everybody gets them and think, I'll wash them all, they'll be ready to use. Don't do that. Um, because when you wash them, and if they're a little bit wet, that you're just asking for molds to grow. And what you should do is just keep them in the refrigerator. Don't keep them on the shelf. Uh, don't keep them in the cupboard or on your counter. Put them in the fridge. Don't wash them until you are just going to use them. That way there won't be any mold on them at all. So it's a good thing to do. And, and by the way, the most important thing I got to tell you is don't ruin them. You know, people take these beautiful blueberries and they put them into a muffin. And the muffin can be great. In fact, it, I got to tell you, in the Power Foods Diet, in this book, Lindsay Nixon has these wild blueberry muffins. They are just killer. I mean, they are so delicious. It's, it's so beautiful. And one gram of fat. And, you, uh, but, you know, people, they don't eat, eat things that way. They take their muffin, once they're nice and hot, they want to crack it open and put in a tablespoon of fat. And so don't do that. Uh, you, you know, if, if you take those nice blueberries and you bake them into a pie made the wrong way, 
it's going to do the opposite. The blueberry is a power food, but don't counteract it with unhealthy foods. You know what my favorite way to eat the blueberry is? Is just to take actually the frozen blueberries, the frozen organic ones, and just sprinkle them on top of some hot oatmeal in the morning. And I'm telling you, for my money, with a little bit of cinnamon, there is nothing better than that to get your day started. Ooh, you know what? Cinnamon, foreshadowing, cinnamon is a power food too. It's not really a food, it's a spice. But that has weight loss effects. So I'm hoping that we'll get to that in the future. But you said it. And it's so easy to do. You've got your blueberries there and you can put it on cooked cereal, put it on your oatmeal, put it on cream of wheat, put it on whatever it might be. You put them on grits. Fair enough. Or uh, you could put them on a dry cereal. You put your cornflakes into your bowl, put on soy milk, put a whole bunch of berries. Be generous with them. Um, but I got to tell you, I got a new fun thing for you. Talk to me. Dustin Harder uh, also could, Lindsay S. Nixon and Dustin Harder made the recipes for the Power Foods Diet. Dustin came up with blueberry pops and the blueberry pops are so wonderful. It's a whole lot of, you just take frozen blueberries, a whole lot of frozen blueberries, two bananas, two pears, a little almond milk, a little bit of lemon juice. That is the whole thing. And you make these into pops and I got to show you a picture of these. They are so cool. Kids adore them. And any, anybody loves them. He also made a beautiful blueberry pear crumble, which just what it sounds like. Perfect, fabulous dessert. And last but not least, you mentioned cinnamon. Take cinnamon and some blueberries, and you can also mix in a little maple syrup if you want to. Dustin has a recipe for a syrup that if it goes on your French toast or your waffles and you made them the right way, this is a power food too. So you can have so much fun with the blueberry. This man, Dustin Harder, has limitless talent in the kitchen. He is absolutely exquisite in there. And I'm hoping maybe if we ask him nicely, he will bring some of those blueberry pops to uh, to the show on March 26th when we're all gathered together in Washington, D.C. for the big release of the Power Foods Diet, the, the book release date. Man, I cannot wait for that evening. What's on tap for us that night? Well, this is really the Power Foods revolution because what we're doing is we're taking the whole weight loss and health discussion away from what you can't eat to what you can eat. The foods that love you back, the foods that have health power. And it's not just blueberries. It's so many others. And it's so totally empowering. So Chuck, you're going to be there. And I want to hear your experience and your wisdom. And I'm going to be talking about the new concepts in this book, how to really put it to work in a fun way. Dustin is going to be there. He's going to tell us about his favorites. And then we have some other special guests too. So it really is going to be the Power Foods Revolution. All right, so save the date, March 26th in Washington, D.C. Ticket information will be available very shortly, but March 26th, circle it on your calendars. Make sure that if you're anywhere that night, it is at the National Press Club joining us for the Power Foods Revolution, as you put it, Dr. Barnard. I cannot wait for that. It's going to be such a great time. And man, I mean, the, but the blueberry the pops, man. I'm all about the pops. I just can't wait for the blueberry pops. Uh, that's just going to be a blast. Um, man, you know what? Let's go ahead. I feel like we should end on a high note. I'm feeling really good about the show today. Uh, we'll follow up more in the future about headaches because I feel like there's probably going to be a lot of questions from the exam roomies that come in over time as well. So let's put a pin in the conversation for now and then circle back to it in a few more months and uh, we can offer some relief maybe in the springtime around the release of the book. Uh, as maybe the headaches from allergies pop up. I don't know, but I'm sure that there's still plenty more to come on this topic, Dr. Barnard. There sure is. There's a, there's a lot to be said. But in the meanwhile, I hope people will have, have a look 
identify your migraine triggers, knock them out, see if you can't get migraine free. There you go. See if you can't get migraine free. I like the sound of that. I think that that is a goal, especially for migraine sufferers, one that I'm sure that they are so ready to achieve. So give it a try. Let me just jump in. And, and I, I don't want people to be modest with this. Some people think, well, maybe food will have a little bit of an effect. It, food can change your life. When we did a migraine research study here. We brought in people suffering with migraines day after day. And I will never forget, one of the very first participants was a law student. And she was in law school here in D.C. And she came in and said, I'm, I can't study. I can't focus. Some days I can't go to class because I've been up all night with a migraine. She changed her diet. She identified her triggers in exactly the way that we described. Totally migraine-free, never had another migraine. And then entered her legal career feeling like she had power she just never anticipated before. So I'm saying this because I don't want people to be modest. Thinking, oh, foods will do a little bit. Foods will change your life. Chuck, you've seen it. I've seen it. I just want to make sure that everybody knows they can put that to work. Man, I like the sound of that. Can you imagine getting your life back like that? I mean, that's amazing, especially at such a young age, too. Like, I made my changes when I was in my 20s, but now this person has gone on, I mean, a law student, like, couldn't really get it together. And now I'm sure they've got this thriving career that's a brilliant, brilliant story, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. That just fills me with hope. I love it. So many people are struggling with things and they'll say, oh, finally, I found the answer, whether it's weight issues, whether it's cholesterol, high blood pressure or, or chronic pain in your joints, headaches, these things. Let's see what we can do. The body has issues that, that sometimes we can deal with, sometimes maybe not, but let's put the power to, of food to work and see what we can do. There you go, man. Ah, man, I'm feeling all kinds of jazzed up. I definitely know that the health IQ is up a point or two today. So uh, here's the deal. If you're feeling like you've raised your health IQ by a point or two as well, become an exam room VIP. Join the club. Dr. Barnard's in there. I'm in there. We've got hundreds of exam roomies there uh, all waiting for you to join, and you can do it absolutely for free right now. PCRM.org slash exam room VIP. You can help us make the world a healthier and more compassionate place. Plus, Get early access to some select interviews. We just had one with Dr. Michael Greger for VIPs that was available two weeks before anyone else in the world heard it. VIPs got to check that out. Plus, you're going to get access to exclusive virtual Q&As and exclusive pre-sale access to some of our live events. We just had the big one in Washington, D.C. Uh, with the Esselstyn, so more to come in 2024. And we would love for you to get your first crack at those tickets and the early access to the interview interviews, and so much more, pcrm.org slash exam room VIP. And Dr. Barnard, let's end by talking about our friends at the Gregory J. Ryder Memorial Fund today. You know, uh, as always, when you're on the show, we talk about this, and it's because of their support of the show that we're even able to be here today. Because what the Gregory J. Ryder Memorial Fund does is support organizations like the Physicians Committee that carry on the love that Greg had carry it on for animals, and they do this by promoting plant-based health and working to end animal abuse while also emphasizing programs to promote systemic change that benefit us as human beings as well. And you can find out about everything that they are working on right now at their website. It's at the bottom of your screen right there, the GregoryWriterFund.org, GregoryWriterFund.org, R-E-I-T-E-R.org. Dr. Barnard, I say this a lot, and I mean it as often as I say it. The work that they do for animals, for us as humans, to promote plant-based health, it so aligns with everything that we try to accomplish here at the Physicians Committee. 
It sure does. You know, Greg was such a wonderful person with such a warm heart and a very compassionate uh, person. And Allison has carried that spirit forward so beautifully, and I'm so grateful. And I'm grateful for you being here today, my friend. Thank you for your time and your wisdom as always. Thank you, Chuck. Be sure to join us for The Exam Room Live every Wednesday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Physicians Committee's YouTube channel and Facebook page. That is how you can get your questions answered on the spot by our experts, just like Dr. Barnard. Great episode today. So a little more on headaches, by the way. How much of a headache are headaches really for us here in the United States? Well, inquiring minds wanted to know. So back in 2018, the CDC did a poll asking adults whether they had had a severe headache or a migraine within the past three months. And sure enough, much to nobody's surprise, a lot of hands went up when the question went out, especially among women who appear to be twice as likely to suffer from headaches than men. Get this, overall, 20% of women compared to just 10% of men say that they had a headache during that three-month span. And then when you drill down deeper into different age groups, the numbers continue to tell a similar but even deeper story. Turns out that after your mid-40s, the risk of having a headache seems to drop. Between the ages of 18 and 44, that appears to be peak time for headaches during our lifespan. Over 25% of women between the age of 18 and 44 say that they had a severe or migraine headache in the last three months when they were asked. And that compares to just 12% of men. But for the ages of 45 to 64, a little bit older there, the percentage of sufferers drops back to about 20% for women and just 10% for men. And then a big drop between the ages of 65 and 74, where 12% of women say they had a severe or migraine headache and less than 10% men for men. And then that falls all the way down to just 7.5% of women and 4% of men when you get over the age of 75. Interesting stuff. Never realized that. And there's a link to this survey in the episode notes if you would like to see the data for yourself. I would love to know why that is. Is it changing hormones? Is it changing diet? I'm not really sure. But the data is there for you to take a look at. If you are curious, check out that link in the episode notes. And I want to take a minute and say a quick hello to an exam roomie by the name of Lolita Lashes, who listens on Apple Podcasts. That's their username anyway. And they went ahead and they left a five-star rating and nice review of the show on Apple Podcasts. And I wanted to share that with you. They said, thank you so much for all of your work, your amazing questions, and vulnerability. This show and you have a talent for respecting the topic, highlighting its importance, but keeping it light and fun. There's such a variety of wonderful guests. And also, I want to say thank you so much for the incredible interview with Dr. Joel Furman. You both were amazing. Thank you so much to the exam room team. Well, Lolita Lashes, thank you so very much 
for listening. It is truly our pleasure. And that interview with Dr. Furman was awesome for me. That was part of our Health Heroes series that kicked off 2024. Had a great conversation with him about resetting our relationship with food, which a lot of times, especially as we're just getting started on our health journeys, we don't realize how many repairs actually need to be made. I mean, we're talking about lots of hammering, lots of nails, lots of sanding, lots of rebuilding. I mean, new foundation, everything. We can start these journeys basically from scratch, but you know what? At the end of the day, we all have the power to build a health mansion. And that is the coolest part. So getting going and resetting our relationship with food, that was a really cool interview with Dr. Furman. And if you would like to check that out, just go back a couple of episodes in our show archives. And also, if you would like to leave a five-star rating and a nice review, it's really easy to do, and it helps us out tremendously here on the show. All you need to do is head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can follow or subscribe to The Exam Room by the Physicians Committee there, and also leave that five-star rating. And in the review box, tell us what it is that you like about the show, or maybe how a plant-based diet has improved your health. And you know how much we love a good story and we love to be inspired. So go ahead, post that up and inspire others. Get them excited to listen to the exam room and raise their health IQ with us as well. And if you would like to become an exam room VIP, well, that couldn't be any easier either. Just log on to pcrm.org slash exam room VIP absolutely free to sign up and you get a ton of perks that come with that. Not only do you join this tremendous community, but you also get exclusive early access to some of our top interviews like the ones with Dr. Michael Greger. You'll get pre-sale ticket opportunities for our live shows. There's one coming up on March 26th in Washington, D.C. Going to be part of the Power Foods Revolution with Dr. Neil Barnard, special guests Dustin Harder and Stephanie Ignafo. They will also be there. And also as an exam room VIP, we will be doing more exclusive shows for you with Dr. Barnard as he gears up to release his new book, The Power Foods Diet, that will be coming out this spring. But best of all, as an exam room VIP, 100% guaranteed you will be supporting our mission at the Physicians Committee of making the world a healthier place by touching lives around the world through groundbreaking research and education. So sign up today. Get in on all of the fun. PCRM.org slash exam room VIP. Absolutely free. Nothing to lose and only your health to gain. And for today, that is going to wrap things up. I want to say thank you one more time to the incredible Dr. Neil Barnard for being here and helping us raise our headache health IQ. Really cool that we can not only help them when they're happening, but also prevent them. Very awesome information today on the show. And for everyone at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, as always, keep it plant-based. Plant-based.